Praise God and welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministry. So glad to have you here today. Before we dive into the word, why don't we open in prayer? Dear Father God, most awesome and wonderful Lord God, we just praise your most magnificent name, Lord God, and thank you for the ability to be able to gather together to hear your words today, Lord. Lord God, I ask that you would prepare our hearts and our minds and our spirits to receive your words today, Lord. Speak to each and every single one of us that hear these words today in your own special way, Lord, and help these words to get sunk in deep within our spirits, Lord God, so that they can come bubbling up whenever it is that we need them. Let the words to come forth be your words and be let them be used for your glory, for your honor, for your praise, and for your magnification. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Well, praise God. Welcome again uh, to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. If you don't have your Bibles, you know, as always, go ahead and hit pause and grab your Bibles and come on back and restart this message. That way you can see for yourself what, what it says in the Word of God um, that we cover here today because it's always important to be able to read and follow along so you can see what scripture says for yourself, because there would be so many people out there that would be trying to lead, lead us astray and in, in preaching a false doctrine. So it's important to have your, your, your word or have your Bible, excuse me, um, anytime you're, you're, you're listening to a message or going to church. So why don't we go ahead and just dive right into scripture and we're going to start in uh, the book of Psalms. We're going to go to Psalm 71. Psalm 71, and we're going to start in verse number 17. Psalm 71, verse 17. O oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O oh God, do not forsake me, until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. Also, your righteousness, O God, is very high. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You have shown me great, great and severe troubles. Uh, you who have shown me great and severe troubles shall revive me again and bring me up again from the depths of the earth. You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. And what I want to talk today about is being great in God doing great things for, for, for God and doing great things in, 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 in the kingdom of God, if you will. Oftentimes, if you watch sports, you, you hear the word greatness being thrown out there so many times, like this person is great or this team is great. And, and you hear athletes saying that they want to be great in their sport. And, and you hear people that are working in their communities and say, I want to do great things for my community, you know, and, and you might be familiar with the term goat, which is, you know, great, the greatest of all time. And, in the workplace, people want to get promotions and, and they want to get bonuses and they want to climb the ladder and climb the ranks and, and, and be in these high positions. But when it comes down to the things of God, oftentimes we just settle. Oftentimes we just settle. Because after all, the word of God does say that salvation is, is, is obtained by accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and believing that he is the son of God and that he died on a cross for our sins. And Unfortunately, many of us Christians, we're, we're okay with that. Like that, that's it. We just, we just want to do the bare minimum. Like we want to go to church maybe 
once a week on Sunday, or maybe we're a holiday Christian, when, what I like to call a holiday Christian, and that's the the, the Christian that shows up to work, uh, excuse me, shows up to church on major on major holidays, you know, show for Easter, show for Christmas, you know, she may show for a Thanksgiving service, you know, so some some of the services throughout the year, but not all of them. You know, we, 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 we tend to just settle for, I'm going to, you know, read my Bible once a week, maybe twice a week. I may or may not attend a Bible study. I may or may not pray. You know, I may bless my food and that's about it because I remember that as a kid. But in terms of praying about situations or praying about challenges that are facing me, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anything more than that. But if we see there in verse 18, it says, now also when I am old and gray headed, oh God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation and your power to everyone who is to come. So what that means then for us is not about doing the bare minimum as children of God. It's about us going out and, and proclaiming God's greatness and, and what he's done for us to everybody, to all the all people that, that, that come in our, across our path. Anyone that asks, like, why is it that you're so calm in the midst of chaos and why is it that you always have a positive outlook on, on, on life? Why is it that you always seem to be in a good mood? We should not be ashamed to be able to say, well, let me tell you why. Let me tell you about the God that I serve. Let me tell you about Jehovah Jireh, my God, who the God who provides and why I don't get worried when I see uh, uh, all of this inflation that, 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 that's being talked about in the news and, and rising gas prices because God knows that prices are rising. God knows all about inflation, all right? But he also knows that we as his children, he knows what it is that we need. So that's why I don't worry. And I'm not going to be ashamed of that. I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to put my, the Christ light in me, if you will, under a basket so that it could be hidden. You know, I remember that song as a kid, um, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let my light shine for everyone to see because it's not about me. It's never been about me. It's always, always, always been about God. And we've got to think about uh, making sure that we're telling everyone about God's uh, awesomeness, all the great things that he's done in our lives, and about how his righteousness um, surrounds us and how he's there for us in times of trouble and that he comforts us whenever we, whenever we need it. So being great, if you will, in God or doing great things for God really boils down to five key things. If we want to do great things for God, it's, it boils down to these five things. Being humble. If you have a notepad, it would be this would be a good time to write some of these down. I'm going to give them to you now, and then we're going to dive deep into each one of them. So the first key to greatness in God is being humble. The second one is constant learning. The third one is applying what you learn. The fourth is teaching others about God. And then the fifth one is never settling. So looking at the first key to being great in God... We're going to go to the book of Philippians, and this is about being humble. So we're going to go to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter, uh, Philippians chapter two, and we're going to start in verse number three. Philippians chapter two, verse number three. We're talking now as the first key to being great in God or doing, being able to do great things for God is we have to humble ourselves. Philippians uh, chapter two, verse three, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each, uh, uh, let, excuse me, uh, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for, look only for his own interest, 
but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. There's always someone out there that knows more than what we know. And when it comes down to the word of God, especially, we have to understand that this is a lifelong process. Learning about God is a lifelong journey, just like anything else. And you'll hear people in the world say that you, you never get to some level of quote unquote mastery of a subject. And it's about lifelong learning. Well, it's no different when it comes, it comes down to learning the things of God. It's a lifelong, um, a lifelong journey. And we need to make sure that we don't think that we're the smartest ones and that we can't learn from it, learn from anybody else. I've seen children of God that proclaim to know that they know the Bible like the back of their hands. And you can see the arrogance in them when they're talking about uh, talking about God. And you could also see the errors in, in how sometimes that they're interpreting what the word of God says. So we have to make sure that we're not doing things out of our selfish ambition, but understanding that there are others that know more than us and that we can always, always learn. So we have to humble ourselves to that, to do like uh, verse number five says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse number six, uh, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Think about this. What is your reputation out there? Okay. The people that know you and if they were, and if, and if they were to be asked about you, what would they say? Would they say that you're a know-it-all and, and, and you're conceited and, and, and you're, you're overconfident and, and you're, you're, you're arrogant? Or would they say, you know what? No. Someone's so, that's a humble child of God right there. Or, or that person, you know, they may not know you're a child of God, but can they tell that you're humble and that you, 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 you do things with humility the same way Jesus Christ did things with humility? Jesus, even though he was the son of God, he came riding in on a donkey. He was born in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. He wasn't dressed in fancy robes like the Pharisees, but yet and still, yet and still, he had the confidence because he knew that him and being the son of God and knowing who God the father is and doing God's will still was able to go out and heal the sick and to, to, to make help the blind see and to, and to feed a, a, a 5,000, 5,000 people and to perform all of these miracles. But because it wasn't about him, it wasn't about him. And many times Jesus said that I'm only here to do what God the Father wants me to do. So we need to make sure that we also have that same kind of quiet confidence in you, if you will, and give everything back to God and humble ourselves before we start trying to do things for God. And as we do things out for God to make sure that we are humble in all that we do. Verse number eight, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. There we go. We see that. Underline that if you don't have it underlined. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord the, to the glory of God, the father. So what hum humility does for us, OK, what humility does for us. It keeps us from acting out or, or what I should say is getting overly upset over things that we probably shouldn't be getting over, over upset about. Okay? 
not having overreactions to, to, to something that, that we see either on the news or something that happens to us. Because at the end of the day, anybody that's coming against you, whether they know you're a child of God or not, they will bow their knee to Jesus Christ. They will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So don't get so worried about those things. Don't, don't, don't get so puffed up in pride when somebody comes against you. And just remember that they may not know what they're doing. Okay. They're being driven by some forces that they may not understand. So what we do is we just focus on the fact that, you know what, I'm a child of God and greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So I'm going to rebuke those spirits of darkness and I'm going to maintain my humility because I know that at the end of the day, like in verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Verse number 12, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in uh, who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast to the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Our existence is about allowing God to work in us and through us to show people just how good he is. Being humble is not only recognizing this, but also making sure that we're not complaining about things when they don't go the way we want them to. Now that's easier said than done. That's easier said than done. But the more and the more and more we complain, the more we focus on the situation versus focusing on God. Because whatever situation we find ourselves in, whatever issues that might be around us, remember that God is going to use those things for good. And he's trying to teach you something. He's trying to try to, and we need to humble ourselves to figure out what is it that God is trying to help me learn in this, in this situation. Instead of complaining about it, Thank God for the fact that I've got this situation because now it gives me an opportunity to learn something about him that I may not have known before. It gives me an opportunity to be able to watch him work in ways that I may have never seen him work before. And you think about on your life, times when you thought God wasn't there and how he worked things out and how you were just amazed and, and he knocked your socks off, so to speak, because, well, because of what he did and how he got you out of that situation. But the only way to get to that again is by humbling ourselves. Jesus always had crowds following him, but that's because he drew people in. When you complain about situations, you're not drawing anybody in. You're not drawing anybody in. If anything, you're pushing people away. I know in my life, there's been plenty of times I were around, was around people that complained a lot. And after a while, you just stop. I stopped wanting to be around them. Because even when I was trying to talk to them and show them some things like, well, have you thought about this? And have you looked at this? They were always able to have a way to twist it around into something negative. They were always to take that thing that was positive and flip it into something negative. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. And so it got to the point where I just said, you know, I'm just going to pray for that person. And um, I'm not going to, you know, go out of my way to, to, to stay away from them or anything like that. But I also know now how to deal with them. All right. And it does. It's an energy draw. All right. So complaining about situations pushes people away. So if we humble ourselves, we draw people in. People like to be around someone that is humble. And more importantly, that's how we represent God. Humility keeps us grounded so we don't become puffed up in ourselves and our own abilities. 
Humility also allows us to learn, which leads me to the second point of how we can be great in God. Okay, We just looked at hum uh, humility, but humility also allows us to learn. Learning and constant learning, that is the second piece of being able to do great things in God. So in your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And we're going to go to verse number 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Familiar scripture here. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenaeus and Philetus are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the faith, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows who, who are those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Verse 15 there, it says, be diligent. Some translations will say, Study to show thyself approved. So in other words, what this means is that the only way that we learn about God is to actually study the word of God, to actually study it. All right. Not read it like a novel. And I know if you if you've heard my messages before, I, I've talked a lot about this. And I really feel like that there's something about studying the word of God that God is trying to get a point uh, across to every single one of us as children of God. He wants us to study when we study the word of God that allows him to come into us and to be able to talk to us and to teach us all about of all about him. Um, think about anything when you were in school. And maybe you're in school now, maybe you're, 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 you're in the process of, uh, of getting your degree or you're going back to school or you're studying something new for, for some sort of certification at work or whatever it is it might be. Or maybe even if it's a hobby, you're trying to, to trying to learn a new hobby. Think about what you learn when you study. Okay. Think about the process you go through when you actually study. This is why at the beginning of these messages, I, I, I always say, if you don't have your Bibles, to so go get your Bibles, right? And, and, and at times I've encouraged you all to, to, to grab a pen and a pad so that you can write things down and a highlighter because that's part of studying the Word of God, okay? When you look at your Bible, you should see all sorts of notes and underlines and highlights and arrows and things so that when you go back and you read it again, it has a deeper meaning. Studying to show ourselves approved shows to God that, Lord, all we want to do is we just want to learn about you. I want to learn so much about you. I want to be able to take it all in. I want to soak up as much about you as I can while I'm on this on this earth because my humility lets me know that I don't know as much as I think I know about you and that there's always more to learn. And then when I learn those things, I can be a better model and a better ambassador for you to those that are around me. Because in verse 16, it says, but shun profane and idle babblings, for they will uh, increase to more ungodliness and their message will spread like cancer. Continuing in verse 17. All right. And then if I jump down to 18 towards the tail end there, actually, we'll read all of 18. Who, uh, who have strayed concerning the faith, saying that the resurrection has already passed and they overthrow the faith of some. So if I study the word of God, I can then come against those people that will be falsely preaching the word of God or falsely interpreting the word of God. 
And if this not has, if this hasn't happened to you before uh, already, it'll happen at some point as you continue to walk in Christ. You will come across somebody or a group of people that will try to make you to believe something in the word of God that's not actually there. And if we're not studying, if we're not constantly learning about the word of God, we there's no way that we can go out and, and, and not not of ourselves, not being puffed up in pride, but being led by Holy Spirit to be able to come against those that will be will be given false teachings about the word of God. But that only happens through studying and learning and understanding, because when we do that, here's what also happens. Verse 19. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having the seal. The Lord knows uh, knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So learning about the word of God and when we humble ourselves to learn and we are constantly learning, it builds a solid foundation for us. And that foundation then drives everything that we say and everything that we do. OK, but we don't get that unless we're actually studying the word of God. All right. So when we study the word, when we study and when we learn, we then allow the learning about God to drive what we do, what we say, what we think, and how we respond to everything around us. We can't control what's happening around the world. Okay? There's very little that we can control. But if we're learning about God, we don't worry about the things that we can't control. We recognize that God is indeed in charge and will always be in charge regardless of what's going on. So that's constantly learning. We need to make sure we're in a place that we are constantly constantly learning because that leads to us to be able to do great things for God. The third thing, the third key for greatness is applying what you've learned. Turning your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And we're going to go to verse number 12. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when the then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. OK, when we're in the in the in, in the in the midst of a trial or in a tribulation. OK, we're also in the process of learning. Right. That's still a learning part. There's something that God is trying to teach us. There's something that God is trying to prepare us for. So we just need to recognize that in the, the middle of a trial and tribulation, we are in a state in a state of learning. So let's not be in such a rush to get out of that situation. But let's quickly run to God and ask God what it is that he's trying to teach us. OK, uh, verse 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above. And comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning of his of his own will he uh, excuse me of his own will of his own will. He brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Okay, it's not enough for us to know about scripture. It's not enough to know what it says, 
but we actually have to apply what it is that we've that we've learned. So when we start to feel angry or we start to to, to, to to feel like we're being tempted by sin, we have to remember that, wait a second now, hold on. This thing that's coming up right now, this feeling that I'm getting, this temptation that's in front of me, this is not of God. This is not of God, all right? I'm running short on some money. I got bills that I need to pay. About to be evicted from my house. Boy, I go to the store and... Instead of spending some money on this stuff, the money that I don't have and I need to use for other things, I'm just going to go grab this item, I'm going to put it in my bag, and I'm going to walk out. There's no cameras over in this location. The police aren't going to do anything. District attorneys aren't going to do anything. As long as I keep this, this theft under a certain amount, I'll be okay. I'm going to go ahead and do it. God changed the laws. God did this. God allowed uh, uh, these things to happen because he knows what I need. No, 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 no. That's not God. Okay. God will never, first of all, God can't be tempted by evil. Therefore, he won't ever tempt you with evil. Jesus, uh, uh, the devil tried to tempt Jesus and Jesus wasn't having it when he was in the, uh, um, when he was in the desert. He wasn't having it. He tried, but he didn't, he wasn't having it. It didn't work. God is not going to tempt you. So if you think that there's something that's going on where you know it's breaking the law and you think that, oh, well, God changed the law because, you know, he, he, he allows God. It was God that, that made the decision and told lawmakers to, you know, don't prosecute anybody if they steal a certain amount or over a certain amount. As long as it's under this threshold, you're going to be. No, that's not of God. OK, so don't go out thinking that 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 somehow you can do you you can um, participate in something evil or, or something illegal and think that that's God making a way for you to obtain something that you don't have. You see somebody's purse that's open in a shopping cart and nobody's been around and you see this money hanging out. All right. Don't think that that's God saying, yeah, you need that money. I left that money there for you. Go ahead and take it. And that might sound far fetched, but I can tell you. I've been in plenty supermarkets and plenty stores where people have left their purses wide open in the shopping cart while they're halfway down the aisle looking for something. And I've watched the people and I sat there and I looked and I said, you know, anybody could come by right now and just grab what's in there, that money that you can see. And that person wouldn't even know who it was because they weren't paying attention. OK, God does not tempt us with sin. All right. So anytime we start to feel a situation or, or maybe feel ourselves um, um, feeling like we're going to do something that we know God isn't going to approve of. We need to take a breath, take a breath and seek God and let him talk to us. Let him guide your actions. Don't go trying to rationalize in your mind that somehow this must be of God when it's not. Take a deep breath. If you start to feel anger about certain situations, take a deep breath and remember what, 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 what James 1.19 says here. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Verse 21, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness and the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Verse 22, this is key, applying what you learned. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. Being a doer of the word. You can read the word of God all you want. 
You can have all the bumper stickers on your cars and the, 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 the Christian emblems and you can wear a cross around your neck and you can walk through the, the stores and tell everybody, hi, good morning, and smiling at them and everything like that and, and have people think that you're this righteous child of God. But if you're not doing it, if you're not doing what the word of God says, you're only fooling yourself. You're only fooling yourself. You can't tell somebody about the word of God and what they should do if you're not actually doing it yourself. The word of God also says, by your fruits, you shall know them. Okay? By your fruits, you shall know them. All right? So it's important that we are doers of the word of God. So as we're studying and as we're learning, we have to remember that we need to apply the things that we're learning because that's how it takes root in our spirits. That's how it drives our, our behaviors. You see, what the unbeliever doesn't understand about us Christians is that the reason why we are obedient to God is because of our love for him. Our desire to make him happy, our desire to please him, our desire to share with others about who he is and what he's done with our lives. That's why we change uh, our behaviors. That's why we do the things that we do, because we want to give the glory back to him. Okay. It's not about what we say all the time. It's about what we say and how our actions line up with what we say. If I'm standing here preaching about the word of God, but then I'm not living my life righteous. Well, guess what? I'm not a doer of the word of God. I'm a hearer of the word of God. Okay. Being a doer is about what your, uh, about what your behaviors are when you think no one is watching. When you think nobody is watching, how do you act? Do you act like a child of God when no one is watching? Or do you only act like a child of God when you're around certain people or in certain situations? Okay. Applying what you learn means that we do what God wants us to do, no matter who's watching. So that's the third key to greatness in God. The fourth key is teaching the word of God. Teaching the word of God. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. And we're going to go to verse number 16. Matthew 28 verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am always, with, I am with you always, even until the end of age. So it doesn't matter what kind of title, quote unquote, you might wear. It doesn't matter what your role is in, 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 in your local church. Okay. Those things do not stop us from teaching the word of God. Okay. You don't have to be a pastor or an elder, or or a Sunday school teacher, or a Bible study leader. You don't have to be that to be able to teach the Word of God. Teaching the Word of God is as simple as going out to lunch with somebody, and they're talking to you about a situation, and, and they're, they're upset maybe with, with, with somebody in the workplace, or a friend, or a family member that's, that, that's really treating them horribly. Teaching the Word of God is simply letting them know that you don't repay evil for evil. The Word of God says that, okay? There's multiple ways to teach the Bible. You don't have to always be standing up in front of people doing that. 
But God expects us to actually go out and tell people about him. To be able to, like Jesus said in verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given uh, to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. All the nations. Go make disciples of them. Meaning that we are to go out and we are to tell people about the word of God. And, 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 we, and if we do it under the unction of the Holy Spirit, we will give them what God wants them to hear in that moment so that they then go seek out God for themselves. Talking to somebody about God, and, and, and if you're telling them about God, it's not about making them come back to you to learn more about God. It's about getting them to go to God so that they can learn directly from him. All right. And many times when I was, as I was talking about humility earlier, there's many times, unfortunately, that the children of God, they get puffed up because they know the word of God. And they've been, been, been talking to people about God and people are coming to them and, and sharing their um their testimonies with them, and, and it makes you feel good, right? It, it, let, let's be honest about that. It makes you feel good when you talk to somebody about God, and they come back to you and they share a testimony of something that they heard you say, they applied it, and look at the, the benefits that they had from it. It does make you feel good, but we have to be very, very careful that we are not setting them up in a way where they are only um, growing in God by coming to us, okay? That's doing things selfishly. And that's doing things of conceit, okay? And then that just leads to pride, and then God can't work, right? God can't work with you when you start to get that prideful and haughty spirit. So every time we're talking to somebody, we should be driving them to God, okay? And again, it's not about the title. We are all God's children and therefore should be teaching the word of God to others. We should also be teaching to, to people about the entire Trinity, the whole Godhead. As you see there in verse 19, uh, and halfway through there says baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So we, we, we need to be talking to people about all aspects of the Godhead. Okay. There are some out there that call themselves Christians. They don't believe in tongues. Word of God talks about tongues. They don't believe on the laying on of hands. They talk about, the Bible talks about laying on of hands. They don't believe that any of the, of the gifts of the Spirit apply today that that, that 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 was for way back then and those things don't apply today but we saw in other scripture that every good gift comes from the father of life uh father of lights meaning that whatever gift god has placed in us it has come from him and every single gift that the word of god has talked about is still applicable today that hasn't changed that hasn't changed at all okay so we shouldn't be 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 be, be talking about god the father and leaving out jesus leaving out Holy Spirit. You might think, well, that never happens. Who would ever do such a thing? Listen very carefully next time you hear somebody pray. See at the end if they invoke the name of Jesus or if they just say in your name or in his name. For me, when I hear that, I quickly go to, who's he? Who you, who's he that you're talking about? In whose name? Who's your name? Who, who are you praying to? Okay. Invoking the name of Jesus at the end of the prayer is the only thing that makes that turns that prayer into something actionable for God to do, because no one can go to God, the father, except through Jesus Christ. So we need to be preaching and teaching people about not just God, but about Jesus and about Holy Spirit, the entire Godhead, because we are not complete children of God if we don't understand the Trinity. And if we're not allowing the Trinity, if you will, to operate in our life, meaning that. 
We accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Yes. We go to God the Father and we pray in, 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 in the name of Jesus, but then we also allow Holy Spirit to guide us and to teach us. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit that works in us that, that, that then makes things happen. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that was in Jesus Christ that allowed him to heal the sick. Okay, that allowed him to bring sight to the blind. All right. It was the power in him that allowed him to do it. Because if you remember in scripture there, Jesus did not start his ministry until after he was baptized. And a voice from heaven uh, came, uh, said, as the, as the dove descended, like the, the spirit of God descended like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So even Jesus knew. That as the son of God, he had to, he wasn't complete, if you will, quote unquote, he wasn't complete without having God the Father telling him what to do and knowing what the, his will is and then allowing Holy Spirit's power to work through him. That's how it works with us as well. It's the Holy Spirit's power that works, that works through us. Okay. So again, teaching the word of God allows us to do great things for him. Lastly, the last key to doing great things for God. Is to never, never, never settle. We're going to go back to the book of James. James chapter 1. And we're going to go to verse number 12. James chapter 1. Verse number 12. We were here earlier, but we're going to focus on, I'm going to focus on this, this, this verse right here. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. The amplified version of this says, blessed, happy, spiritually prosperous, favored by God is the man who is steadfast under trial and perseveres when tempted. For when he has passed the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which the Lord has promised to, the, to those who love him. So don't settle for anything Less than what God expects us to do. Don't lower the bar of your life or try to lower God's bar in your life because reaching God's bar is a challenge. Okay? Strive to reach for God's bar. Don't make excuses for your shortcomings. Okay? We all have shortcomings. But those shortcomings should not be putting us in a place where we start feeling down and we start feeling upset because we made a mistake. Or because we thought we did something wrong. We didn't respond in a way that we thought we should have. Or we didn't respond in a way that we know God would not uh, God would want us to respond. We did something opposite of what he said. Don't get down on yourself about that. I've heard so many children of God talk about how, oh yeah, you know, um, um, I'm nothing without God. And, and, and while that is true, okay, while that it is true, the way that it comes across and how they say it starts to make you feel depressed. Okay, it starts to make you feel depressed. None of us are perfect. We didn't deserve Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. But that doesn't mean that we should be feeling bad about ourselves and that we should be having a negative outlook on ourselves. Instead, what we should be doing and celebrating and remembering is that God loved us so much that he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us so that we can spend eternity with him. The history of mankind, when man was first on this earth, it was about God the Father having a relationship with man. God and having, having a relationship with Adam and Eve where it said that they walked in the presence of the Lord. That's what God wanted from the beginning. So we shouldn't be feeling down about ourselves. We shouldn't be getting in a, in a depressed state because we make a, we make a mistake. 
Instead, we should be remembering, you know what? God set up this beautiful thing where if I make a mistake because he knows that I'm not perfect, that I can go to Jesus Christ and I can ask, I can ask God for, for, for forgiveness in the name of Jesus and that he is faithful and just to forgive. But then I also have to turn 180 degrees away from that sin and not go back and do it again. And I have to raise my expectations of myself because God sees more in me than I see in myself. And because he sees more than me, more in me, that when he puts me under this trial and under this temptation or, or not, I, scripture says temptation, but in this case, it, it means trials and tribulation. Because again, God can't tempt you with, tempt you with sin. But when I'm in this, in this situation, I'm in this trial and tribulation, understanding that all I have to do is just persevere. Keep striving. Don't settle for anything less than, less, less than the best, if you will, in terms of the bar that God, the, the, the bar that God has set for us and keep, and keep persevering because as long as I stay steadfast and I persevere, I will be approved and I will receive that crown of life. I will receive that crown of life. So never settle for anything less than God's best for you. The word of God says all things work together for good. For those that love the Lord, the call according to his purpose. So regardless of what the situation might be, understand that there's something better on the other side. There's always something better on the other side. God always has something better for you than you have for yourself. And we need to walk in that. We need to have confidence in that and let that guide us. Let that guide us when we face situations that we may not be, we, we, we feel like we're not ready for or, or that seem very, very hard. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And as we close, uh, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, most awesome and wonderful Lord God, we just praise your most magnificent name and thank you for the words that came forth today. Lord God, I ask that as we go throughout the rest of this day and this week, Lord God, that you would help us to remember what we've heard today, Lord, and that you would help us to and strengthen us to do great things in you, Lord God, and to not settle for anything less than what it is that you have planned for us, Lord, that you would speak to us and that we would constantly go to you and that we would look to you only for guidance and, and direction, Lord God, and that, and that we would know that you strengthen us and our confidence comes from you and that anything that's in front of us, there's no trouble, there's no challenge, there's no trial, there's no tribulation that will come before us, Lord God, that is bigger than you. That's something that you cannot handle, Lord. So help us to keep focused and strengthen us as we move forward. Lord God, I ask that you would continue to watch over us and to keep us safe, Lord, and that you would continue to bless everyone that has heard this message, Lord. You put us in situations, Lord God, to be able to Share these words with others, Lord, and under the guidance of your Holy Spirit, because it is not your will for anyone to perish. We praise you, we love you, and we thank you, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Well, praise God. If this message was a blessing to you, feel free to share this uh, message with, with family, friends, loved ones, and anyone that might be giving you a hard time. We can be found at Genesis 1, that's one word, Genesis1.sermon.net. And on that website, if you go to the upper right hand corner and click on the subscribe button, you'll be you'll receive notifications anytime new content is posted. We also have a YouTube channel and you can find us if you go into YouTube and just search Genesis one uh, Christian ministries and Genesis one is spelled out. Genesis one Christian ministries on YouTube. You'll be able to find us on there as well uh, to be able to, to listen to the word. And we also have apps on the App Store and the Google Play Store that you can download for free. Uh, everything is free of charge because we just want to spread the word of God and make it easily accessible 
uh, to everyone, regardless of what their situation might be. So praise God. I pray that you go in his peace and you go strengthen with a, a renewed strength to, to give it your all and to give it your best following, following God. And to remember that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Praise God and be blessed. And I sing praises to you.